Hey guys, I'm doing a quick update. So if you listen to the podcast early, you're not even going to hear this. But for those of you who are tuning in now, I want to do a quick apology. There was a lot of typing I was doing while he was speaking because I was trying to take notes um, based off what he was saying, not realizing my mic was typing. My iPad was immediately next to the next to the mic um, and it left a whole lot of unnecessary noise at certain points so I do apologize I'll make sure that it never happens again and I'm sure you're still gonna love this episode peace hey what's going on guys welcome back to the channel Tavares here and today we have a great guest in the building um, Vlad Savchuk I'm gonna try my hardest to, to keep saying your last name until I get it right bro so hopefully I got it right you did. you did. There we go. Um, so I've been watching his YouTube videos for quite some time now, a, little, a few months now, and it's always something that I'm learning from there or something I'm trying to implement on our page. You know, So I definitely think this is a great way to connect. Um, if you don't know about Vlad, he's leading Hungry Generation out of Washington. I believe he just said that's out of Washington. But Hungry Generation, you've probably heard of that movement. You probably follow them even. Um, but doing a great work over there in Washington on the West Coast. And yeah, Vlad. So thank you for joining in, man. Appreciate you taking the time. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I know he has to lead church and all of that um, and get back to the family, kids and all of the important things. So I'm not going to take too much of your time. I'm going to go ahead and dive straight into this. Over the next few weeks, I'm trying to talk about a few topics that I believe that we need to address. Um, you know, we're talking about less right now. So I'm not going to I'm going to aim to not make him go too deep now because I want to keep on doing a series and keep on um, targeting this issue that's, you know, going through the church. But as of right now, I want to talk about having private victory in your battle against lust and dating biblically. Um, I think a lot of people, they know how to be pure on the outside. They don't know how to be pure on the inside. We know how to be pure on Sunday, but we very well struggle all throughout the week. So how do you, as a young person, what do you say to that young person? Because I know you used to youth pastor. What do you say to that young person who wants to date but struggling with lust? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that, uh, you know, when it comes to our private battles, everyone has them. Um, I think that everyone is can be equipped to win them. And I don't think that a person should... There's this misconception is that once I get married, that all of my private battles will just disappear because now I'll have pretty much unlimited amount of sex and it's right. going to be all legal and moral and right. But in reality, uh, uh, lust doesn't get conquered with having access to more sex. Lust is a it's this thing where if it doesn't get crucified, it gets intensified. Mm. And so we have to overcome it privately. It's like this lion and the bear that David faced privately before he fought the Goliath. You know, marriage will have its own Goliath problems. Yeah. Marriage will have a lot of challenges. And so if you do not come into marriage already having victory over lust, it, it will make marriage, which is already challenging, it will make it even more challenging. And so mm. I would encourage that every young person do not waste your single years by trying to, especially if you're a teenager, by trying to just date as many people as you can, uh, trying to get yourself ready for finding the right person instead of prepare yourself by elevating your preparation, lowering your expectation. And then one of the best areas you can prepare yourself in is definitely your relationship with God and figuring out who you are and what you want to do with your life. But the, but the third one is the most important, I think, is, is establishing purity in your thoughts, in your mind, in your eyes, and as well as in your life, establishing these habits because they will go a long way, not only in helping us to see God, but mm -hmm. also in helping us to walk in the purposes of God. 
Yeah, bro, I, I, I never heard it put that way. If lust doesn't get crucified, then it would be intensified. And I think a lot of people don't accept that reality because like you said, we're just so worried about guilt-free sex. Like, God, I want to go to heaven, but I really want this, you know, to fulfill this desire. We're not thinking about, yeah, there's a lot of married people that are still taking that battle every single day. Um, you know, and I, I realized that the only time I'm struggling is when my flesh isn't crucified. You know, when we're allowing ourselves to get comfortable, when we're allowing ourselves to feel as though I don't need to pray, I don't need to fast, I don't need to be in the word. Uh, the Bible says, you know, that word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. But mm-hmm. how do we navigate that, you know, especially young people, because they're trying to study, you know, but they may feel as though that that flesh is way more stronger than they would like it to be. What what do you say to that person? Because they may not realize that there may be a deeper issue. So when that person seems like they're not overcoming that battle, what do you say to them then? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that on the, on the surface level, uh, whatever we feed grows, uh, whatever we starve uh, you know, it dies. And so the Bible says that so into the spirit and out of the spirit you will reap life. So into the flesh and out of the flesh you will reap destruction and death. And so mm-hmm. there's conscious choices that we make, you know, when we um, aimlessly scroll through TikTok, aimlessly scroll through Instagram at the expense of spending time with God and spending time in His Word, then we feed lust. We feed, we feed because then those images show up, those words show up, we feed lust and then, you know, it becomes bigger and bigger and stronger and then our, our spirit becomes smaller, um, weaker um, and even though it's willing, it's able to overcome but because we didn't feed it, it's not able to overcome now. So that is more on the surface level. Then there's, you know, the accountability that also has its important role. But I think at the root, root problem, some people have deeper issues that discipline, and delight in God will not solve and they will need deliverance in the sense that they actually have they have allowed the enemy to have a foothold in their life now because Mm -hmm. of so much time has passed that they have not exercised their discipline they have not walked in crucifying the flesh and then the enemy you know he uses flesh to get a, get a foothold in our life. You know, a lot of times those demons, they, they pretty much grab an area of our life and now it's under his control. And mm-hmm. how do I know? Like people ask me sometimes, well, how do I know if it's lust or if it's a, um, or if it's a demon? And it's very simple. When a demon gets a control of your life, you don't have control in that area. And when the person mm-hmm. comes and says things like, I can't control myself, 100%. They, they have a problem now that's more spiritual yeah. than just physical. And so, and it doesn't mean that they shouldn't practice self-control, but now they, they need prayer against the spiritual forces. And that is yeah. actually how I came into that revelation myself. When I wrote a book, uh, Break Free, and, and I opened the book with an introduction, sharing my story of how I, I got exposed to pornography at the age of, I think, 12 or 11 in the Ukraine. I came to the United States at the age of 13. And um, we, we came to the States, you know, I didn't, from 11 till about 13, I wasn't looking at porn. Well, there was no porn available. You had to really right, drive right. Like, across town, go to some kind of a shop. You have to have a VHS tape and all of this stuff. And so um, we moved to the United States. I was helping to clean my um, neighbor's house, pretty much house watch for seven days. And he had a 200 uh, you know VHS tapes and so I went in and you know watched one or two and and after that you know something entered me I, I can't explain it but I, I felt every month no matter how hard I tried I I would slip I would find pornography pornography would find me and I would start battling with lust it was around the time I started to step into youth ministry as a youth minister so like publicly I'm supposedly growing with God privately mm-hmm. I am being 
beaten by this thing. But I'm like, yeah. hey, I got this. And that's, mm-hmm. that's another deception with lust is that the moment you think privately, I can, I can get this. You know, you, you keep this secret. You don't tell anybody. And you're like, if I just up the discipline, if I just add a little bit more of fasting and everything. But the moment it keeps growing in the dark, you mm-hmm. cannot win against it on your own. You have to. The first thing is you got to bring it into the light. And so I remember that time when it happened, I went to my uncle, who's my pastor, and I dragged that, you know, this thing into the light. And that's when it started to lose its power. But I was still addicted until uh, during, I think it was a seven day fast because I was so fed up. I was so desperate for freedom that I felt like the Holy Spirit revealed to me that I opened the door to the influence of the enemy. And I have to now repent and renounce that and really commend that thing to go. Like nobody prayed for me for, for freedom. I kind of experienced it through deep repentance and taking authority and commanding the enemy to leave. Like I belong to Jesus. My mind belongs to Jesus. I do not want to have this in my life. Like this has to stop. There was right. just like holy rage that came on me during that uh, prayer and fasting. And something just loosened. Something broken off of me. I didn't, you know, feel anything, but I sensed like it was lifted there was a sense of relief that took place and temptations were still there the only difference now is i was in control because see the spirit gives us self-control um the enemy takes that control and so so that's why i think that if you are battling if somebody's battling and you're noticing like man i went to the accountability group i already confessed it i memorized the verse i disconnected uh the social media apps i installed the uh, all kinds of apps I've, i've done all of that you know, maybe you have a spiritual problem that you need somebody to pray with you, just lead you through the prayer of renouncing. And it's very simple. Identify the first time that you were exposed. Ask God to repent repent of that. Close that door and just command that enemy to go. Like mm. the enemy is, it, we're not talking about some kind of a cloud. It's a real entity that hates you, that wants to torment you, harass you and destroy your future. Command it to go and then you will begin to walk in victory. And then there's one more thing that I see and that is the root is when a person had a trauma in their life or some kind of an abuse that they need to seek counseling and uh, healing of the soul by kind of releasing forgiveness and experiencing that because otherwise if you're not experiencing that healing the bible says the lust of this world you know really lives in people who don't experience the love of the father so when we don't experience that love a lot of times we experience abuse that could become the soil upon which this lust thrives in but i definitely see that deliverance and then exercising uh, discipline and then really delighting myself in God intentionally pursuing God and this gives me greater power over my flesh you know I always say that walking with the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you it makes me better than me it <clears throat> makes me better than my old self makes me better today than I was yesterday it gives me this victory over the flesh and the Bible says walk in the Holy Spirit you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh it does not say walk in the Holy Spirit and you will not have the lust of the flesh the flesh yeah. only lusts. the flesh doesn't do anything but lust but walking in the Holy Spirit is it's the example you know if you ever get uh, I went to it was fourth of July yesterday so I went with my in-laws in Vancouver, Washington, and we were, you know, having a picnic and everything. A lot of mosquitoes there, and I got bit by, by mosquitoes. You know, and lust is like a mosquito; it bites you. You know, and you know when you get bit by a mosquito, then you, your your body starts to itch. Mm-hmm. You know, and this itch sends you this message: like, if you scratch me one time, I won't itch again. Yeah, and, you know, you scratch. 
it itches more. And that's how mm -hmm. lust is. You know, the more you scratch it, the more you itch, the more it itches, the more it was. It never gets satisfied until you bleed to death. And that's why the Bible says that walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The Bible doesn't say if you walk in the spirit that it won't itch. It just says it, you will have the power not to scratch the itch and just and then it will go away. Because as you crucify it, you ignore it, you walk away from it, it dies until the next day. And then it gets resurrected again. And then the process begins again. But the more you do it, it becomes a habit. And walking in purity becomes a lifestyle. Yeah, that, that, so good. Um, it's kind of hard to, to pinpoint um, a specific part. But I love the fact that you mentioned that, you know, you could be growing spiritually and then the flesh is still growing as well. And I, cause I, cause, for two reasons. There's a group of uh, Christians nowadays, you know, because everybody's a Christian. There's a group of Christians nowadays, whereas God's grace allows me to do whatever I want. You know what I mean? They they look like the world, act like the world, smell like the world, but because they can sing and because they're gifted, people think they're anointed. And even when you are anointed, the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. So I don't use my, my talents to believe that I'm in right standing with God, but there are people who, who view it that way. Um, but then there are some other people who feel as though there, you know, because I'm, because I'm struggling, then, you know, I can't grow at all spiritually. But it's the fact that you, you're showing us that you can be growing spiritually, but if you're not crucifying your flesh, it's still a problem. And I think that's so key because a lot of times we're not realizing that God isn't against, God isn't telling you, oh, fast or go to hell. No, that's, that's, there's no Bible verse that says fast or go to hell, but he lets you know that when you're fasting, you're dying to your flesh and you're, you're gaining that spiritual wisdom. You're gaining that spiritual authority. You're, you're learning more. You're growing more. But I think a lot of Christians are not realizing that even though we're, we may have power, even though we may have good church, or even though you may have cried tears or had a great service, that doesn't mean the flesh has been crucified. And that's the key, man, because it's like, so how do I know? I won't say, how do you know that your flesh is dead? Because if you're still questioning it, you're not dead yet. You know what I mean? It's not every day Paul says, I die daily, you know, and, and I get that's not the same context, but it's the fact that that's something that should be happening daily. So what are some things people need to do in order to ensure that they're dying daily to the, the to their old self, to their, to their flesh, to their past? Mm -hmm. I want to follow up with, with what you just mentioned, that you can be anointed and gifted and and struggle with this and not even deal with an issue of the flesh for a while because you know your identity so well in Christ that you can pretty much kind of compartmentalize your compartmentalize your life where mm -hmm. you know this weakness oh it's just on the side and while you know we know the, the grace of God that teaches us to deny ungodliness but if the grace of God is not it's not an excuse it's not a Santa it's a teacher yeah. meaning it teaches us to move from point A to point B you know I'm reminded of two men in the Bible one of and both of them went to prison one of them was Joseph. He went to prison because he walked away from lust. He fled lust. And Samson went to prison because he flirted with lust. Mm. You know, both of them end up in prison. And so I always teach young people, and honestly, and even myself, that in order to walk in purity, you have to choose prison. Mm. Prison to your freedom. You have to walk away from certain privileges that you can have. Like if you don't put restrictions on your liberties, if you don't put restrictions on what is what is available to you if you don't go through prison then you're not really walking in purity if your flesh is not in prison my friend you are not walking in purity but in order to walk in your purpose you have to go through the prison of purity joseph went through through prison why because he fled lust 
Yeah. And so lust is not something you can fight. You know, a lot of times people say, uh, you know, I'm fighting lust. Mm-hmm. So that's, a, that's a problem. The Bible says to run from lust, not to mm-hmm. fight it. Lust is, you can actually fight the devil and win. You cannot fight lust and win. Mm-hmm. You can only, you will lose if you fight lust. The best way to, to win against lust is to flee lust. Yeah. Is to run away from it. R- run away from the triggers. Run away from the opportunities. You don't just say, you know, you don't just pray in the Holy Ghost while you're scrolling through porn. porn. You just, you have to walk away from porn. Mm-hmm. You have to walk away from those things that trigger, you know, those um, right. l- lustful desires. And put yourself in the prison. Meaning, in the prison for your flesh. Meaning that your flesh doesn't get, doesn't do what it wants. Right. It means practically, yeah, when it comes to our devices, when it comes to what we watch, when it comes to like some people need to completely walk away from watching any kind of movies at all yeah. for a season in their life until they establish themselves in Christ. Like one of the things that I practice is I, I try to, you know, wake up earlier. Like before we had an interview today, you know, to go. I live not very far from the mountains and, and go for two hours on the walk and get my little Gideon small Bible and, you know, uh, nothing else, just me and my Bible and, and just read, pray, talk to God. And that my flesh goes to prison. But because it's been in prison so long, it gets used to it after a mm. while. You know, fasting is another one. Is living a life where you regularly fast. Not just like, oh, I fell into lust yesterday, so I'm going to fast tomorrow. Because, you know, th- that's okay. That's good. But when you begin to intentionally fast, you won't fall. If you want to last yeah. in your freedom, you got to fast. You got to, because fasting, it brings down your flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the third option is, of course, accountability. Is when we learn, when we live, because it's really bad. The flesh does not want to, because it gets exposed. Pride gets, ex- our pride gets exposed. That's what accountability does. It exposes our pride. Our, our I want to be just by myself. I don't need anybody. And so these are the practical steps that I see. And if we don't choose to put our flesh through the cross and through the prison of that, then we become a prisoner of our passion instead of imprisoning our passion. See, Joseph, he put his passions in prison. And Samson, he was put in prison by his passions. They took his eyes out. They took his hair. They took his freedom. He started going in circles. And a lot of people who don't choose to work under purity, who don't choose to pursue God to walk in purity, they find themselves without vision. They very soon find themselves without relationships because the girl that he was, you know, flirting with, the girl that he was having a good time with, Delilah, she didn't even care about him. The, the girl yeah. sold him for money. And people with lust always, they never find intimacy. They never find love. Mm. They never find connection. They go, they change girlfriends like I change my clothes. And they keep hungry. They're hungry for that. But they never find that because you don't find that in lust. Lust doesn't have mm. anything to give. Lust just takes, takes, grasps. It doesn't gift anything. But as you begin to be like Joseph, where you flee youthful lust, where mm-hmm. you flee immorality, where you flee trigger points, where you flee those opportunities and then you intentionally pursue after God through prayer, through fasting, through the reading of the word, through memorizing of the scriptures, through intentionally putting yourself in a small group, in the Bible study group, serving at your local church because that really hits lust because lust is all about me. Serving yeah. is all about someone else and so it hits lust right in its face. Mm-hmm. Guess what begins to happen? Yes, you will go through a season where it feels like your life is boring. My friend, boring is better than bondage okay boring is Ooh, better than being in sin man. So, and boring is okay like some people the, the problem is this is they they don't know to, what to do with boring see david because of boredom he mm. fell into bondage you have to be okay being bored you don't have to have music blasting you don't have to have always something on for you to feel alive just, just chill just relax it's completely okay and then guess what begins to happen with joseph he gets from jail from that prison because of his purity, 
into the palace. And a lot of times we look at these people who get these breakthroughs, mm -hmm. they get into the next season like, man, God is blessing them, God is blessing them with marriage, God is blessing them in their ministry, in their career. But what we didn't see is privately the price they paid to pursue God and put their flesh into prison, put their yeah. lust into prison. Because you know, you can crucify your flesh, you can crucify your, your lust, but Paul says, I die daily, means it keeps coming back. It keeps coming back. Listen, man, you're not going to keep coming on here preaching that heavy. Like, whoo, all right, all right. I'm a preacher, man, so <laughs> you get me started. I'm a <laughs> man, all right, so I'm, I'm going to need to catch my breath. So what I'm going to do first is I'm going to give a, a quick break for a word from our sponsor. If you're a person that's struggling to fall asleep or you're dealing with any type of anxiety throughout the day, depending on the type of job you may have, the amount of kids you may have, the amount of stress you may have at work, I'm going to want to recommend Abide. It's an amazing devotional app that helps get you through your day. A lot of people have you know, a lot of issues with stress and anxiety, and this is something that I believe can truly help you. So for a limited time, our listeners will get 25% off a premium subscription when you visit abide.co slash godly, which will be in the description box. The devotions and the meditation start around two minutes to a long period of time. Um, it's something that I've checked out. It seems very fruitful for me. I believe that it's something that you'll enjoy as well. And there are millions of other people that are listening to Abide, and I'm sure it's blessing them as well. And I believe that this is something you wouldn't mind joining, seeing how church leaders are also using it. So get started now with 25% off a premium subscription by downloading the Abide app at abide.co slash godly. You'll get additional stories and meditations, premium music, soothing sounds, and more. Support this show and get 25% off by going to abide.co slash godly. That's A-B-I-D-E dot C-O slash godly to download the Bible app and get 25%, the Abide app, and get 25% off your premium subscription. Back to the episode. Listen, man, you said a mouthful, bro, said bondage is way worse than being bored. You know, choosing, <laughs> and it, many of us we have really no idea what to do when we're bored. And I think I think that's really key um, that you mentioned that, and, and it's so true. Like when we look at David, David was supposed to be at war. David decided he's gonna be on his little break. He's on his little hiatus, and that's where he fell into adultery because he's looking at something he shouldn't even have seen in the first place. I mean, I think that's so true. But I want to look at it from another angle that a lot of people don't even talk about. I always felt as though I had more options of, of choosing women to be around or women being entertained by me or women liking me when I wasn't the boring Christian. Because no one wants to be that boring Christian. Man, you too. Ah, uh, he's so holiness. Everything about him, uh, he doesn't want to do this and he, he can't hang out here. He doesn't want to drink this. Yeah, when I'm boring to them, they don't want to invite me to any of the places where I'm sinful. But the moment I'm like, I'm missing out, I want to fit in. Now I'm, I want to be that cool Christian. And this is where a lot of people are today. The Bible says that if the world loves you, then that's a problem. Because if they hate it, Jesus, they're going to hate you. So it's okay for us to not be that Christian that, that still wants to look like the world, act like the world, talk like the world. And unfortunately, a lot of churches have pastors that look like the world. They're motivational speakers. They they memorize a few verses. And I'm not trying to put you on the spot and I'm not calling no names or none of that type of stuff. But my point is, many of us Christians, we don't want to be bored in the sense. We don't want to be boring in the sense that no one likes that all oh, we talk about is scripture or the things of God. And then we also, like how you mentioned, we don't know what to do when it's just us and God. 
And that shows that a lot of churches aren't preparing people to be hungry for God. We're showing mm-hmm. people to be hungry for the pastor. There's so many people mm-hmm. that are addicted to their man of God and addicted to their woman of God. If Pastor Vlad is preaching, I'm going to listen. But if it's Tavares up there, I tune it out because he's not as engaging. And that's really the culture of the church today. So how do we develop a hunger for God rather than an appetite for this flesh or appetite for things of the world or an addiction to popular preachers? I know this took a left, mm-hmm. a big left mm-hmm. turn, but it's a, it's a real yeah. issue today. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think that you just highlighted something about concerning, you know, Paul tells Timothy, he says that flee lust, pursue righteousness, peace, joy, all of that. He says, with those who mm-hmm. call on the name of the Lord, yeah. you cannot pursue, you cannot achieve purity without community. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that you have to choose the right community. Uh, you know, uh, Paul says to Timothy, with those who call upon the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. And so the challenge that happens is that when we try to be friends with those that God called us to evangelize, you know, Joseph did not evangelize to Potiphar's wife. He was tempted by her. Mm. And so you can't evangelize to those you're tempted by. You have to walk away from them and you have to run and you have to let their opinion of you be what it may be. And in order to, a lot of people are like, oh, I just don't want them to think about me like I am a homophobic, bigoted, hating, you know, Trump-loving, Nazi, you know, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's what the world will call us, right? Mm -hmm. The moment you walk away, you know, the world right away will stick this label and we're like, no, I'm not like that. Please hear me. I'm not like that. You have to understand most people made up their mind about us. And they will keep that. You just have to, yeah, you just have to let it be. Mm -hmm. The Potiphar's wife she destroyed Joseph's reputation. Joseph did not fight her because she couldn't destroy his character. People cannot destroy your integrity. They can only destroy your reputation. And you have to be willing to offend some people, not because you want to offend them, but because you don't want to offend the Holy Spirit and you don't want to offend God. If your desire is to be popular and to fit in, forget about ever walking in purity and pleasing God or walking in a deep relationship with God. Friendship with the world is enmity against God, period. There's no ifs and buts here. It's just, you just have to choose what do you want. Do you want this or you want that? It's kind of yeah. like if you want to marry a, uh, your wife, you don't date your ex-girlfriend, period. Like you, you can't bring <laughs> these two, two together. Yeah. Okay. Now, when, when it comes to when it comes to passion for God, and you mentioned something about, you know, uh, pop, you know, we used to have prosperity preachers. Now we have popularity preachers. And I, mm. I'm not sure which one is more dangerous. And so I remember one time I was in a fast and the Holy Spirit convicted me deeply. And he said, I called you to be a salt of the earth, not the sugar of the earth. See, when you eat sugar, you want more of sugar. When you eat yeah. salt, you want water. Mm-hmm. When people drink of our preaching and teaching and they want more of us we are in danger that means we're the sugar if they listen to us and they want to go spend more time with God and read the word that means that we are the salt and sadly we do have a lot of ministers today that are more of motivational and honestly I'm probably guilty of this as well because I do hear people sometimes come out they're like oh my god I've been bench watching all of your messages and and sermons and while it feeds my ego at the same time I'm nervous because I'm thinking oh my oh my lord they didn't fall in love more with God they fell Mm -hmm. more in love with Vlad I want to be able to have people listen to the teaching and turn off the teaching and Mm -hmm. go and pray turn off the teaching and go 
and read their Bible and get their hunger for God. And so it is true what you listen to and who you listen to will have a huge role in making you either hungry for God or not hungry for God. But the other part that I want to highlight concerning the hunger for God is that hunger for God grows with eating. Yeah. You don't get it. A lot of times you can get it by impartation but you can only grow it by your in initiative you have to mm -hmm. initiate it constantly when you don't feel like reading the bible read the bible why because the desire to read the bible comes from reading the bible yeah. it does not come from some other source the bible contains the appetite for you so if you don't have the appetite to prayer you go to prayer to find the appetite it's like working out yeah you don't go to a donut shop to get a to get a motivation to work out mm -hmm. you push yourself to the gym first and then afterwards you start working like man this this is good and next day you have more motivation and so yeah. i see the same thing with god is that we we have to choose our diet meaning our spiritual sources where we feed from um and we also have to intentionally sometimes discipline ourselves until the delight kicks in yeah yeah that's 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 super good that's super good and now i'm not gonna i'm i understand that people want to hear about all the little fluff and the cute stuff and how to date but we had to address that first because there are too many relationships in my opinion that they try to they ignore the lust and then when they get into the relationship now lust takes over and whereas that could have been a blessing from god you turned it into the thing of the flesh you know so we had to get that out of the way solid points um definitely true it's it's all about um, i heard a preacher once saying it's not about our desire the thing is the problem is our appetite because we can watch the sports game for three hours. I know I can. No questions asked. We can watch the movie for two hours. But if pastor preaches longer than his time slot, we are immediately upset. If the praise and worship goes over by a minute, people aren't happy with the spirit flowing. We're so focused on me, 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 me. We're not worried about pouring everything out to God. So the issue is our appetite. It's not even always that the, the preacher wasn't good enough, the song wasn't good enough, but why is it that I can be entertained by everything except God? But story for another day. I'm not going to keep you too much time. What I want to say is now to talk about um, a little bit about dating biblically. So now I'm going to mm -hmm. ask you, the last thing I'll ask you to end on are the red flags or green flags that you say to pay attention to or to look for. What is it that a man should be looking for in the woman he pursues? And what is it that a woman should be looking for in a man that she entertains? Um, so... Whichever order you decide to answer those, go ahead. I think that that um, they are gonna be uh, they are gonna be pretty similar um, in my mind. So okay. I wrote um, I wrote a book called um, "Single Ready to Mingle." I pretty much based it off of um, Adam and Eve's story, and um, and so I would just kind of uh, pretty much share from there the the main uh, red flags is that before god brought a woman to adam's life you know god put him in a in in the garden god introduced himself to adam and i really believe that the that the first and most important thing that you need we need um to have before we go into dating is that we need to have a solid relationship with god this is how i like mm -hmm. to say it. you are ready to date when you don't need to yeah if you need to you are not ready need to in a sense like oh my god you know i don't feel loved i i i really really need to mm -hmm. and where i get this from is this is that god comes to adam and god tells adam that he's lonely adam doesn't come to god and tell god he is lonely mm -hmm. most people kind of miss that adam was so satisfied with god he didn't realize he needed somebody 
it was God who came and told that to Adam. So many people are afraid to pursue God wholeheartedly because of some stories that they heard that somebody followed God after, uh, after God so hard that God pretty much made him celibate or God made him like single for the rest of their life. And they're like, man, I don't want to go too close to this fire because I don't want to get that burned mm-hmm. and stuff. So don't ever be afraid of pursuing God that much or going hard after God. And so Adam did not need to. And God came and said, hey, uh, you, you're lonely. And then, you know, we know that he, he got a job. He had, an, he had a mission. He had an assignment to name animals before a woman came in. And then finally God sends him on a mission to find a wife and the Bible says and it was not found anybody for Adam. The word found indicates pursuit, uh, indicates seeking. And so I would see the main red flag I see in the Bible that the Bible gives us concerning somebody that you are not supposed to be with and that is this, is that they have to match you. Like think about Adam. Adam is going and looking uh, for a spouse. Now on the earth at the time, there was nothing looked like him. The only thing that probably looked like him was a monkey. And Adam didn't bring a monkey to God and say, Lord, I want you to fix it because Mm -hmm. this is the closest thing that I could find. So when I would tell to young people, I will always say this, don't date somebody for God to fix. Mm. Date somebody God's already been working on and God already has fixed for you. The moment you're bringing this person and you already have this prayer request, Lord, deliver him from smoking. Lord, uh, please make him more passionate for you because he's more passionate about his car than he's about God. He doesn't come to church. He doesn't want to read the Bible. All he wants to do is fornicate. All he wants to or, or all she wants to do is simply she's just really just into makeup and her image, but she's not into her walk with Christ. And then you're like, yeah, but I'm going to pray them out. I'm going to believe for God to change them. And so and I think this is the mistake that happens yeah. is that when we date somebody and it's no longer romance, it's a rehab. We're mm. trying to actually rehabilitate Ooh. them toward God. And then, of course, they give us this promise. Once we get married, I promise you, yeah, I'll be more committed. I'm just working on my college studies right now. That's why you haven't seen me in church in six months. I'm just, you know, like mm. working on this right now. And then we fall into this lie because we have this strong chemistry for this person, but we don't have comparability. We're not compatible. We're not on the same level spiritually. And so and so that's what I would just, that's kind of a big one. But to break it down into the small ones is that, you know, we have to be, compatible in our gender we have to be compatible in our faith we have to be compatible in our valleys and we have to have peace in our heart and Mm. we also have to have attraction you know but attraction usually most most of the youth uh, most of the single people that's the first one that they get but when it comes to their faith when it comes to their foundation when it comes to their valleys when it comes to their peace when it comes to you know their spiritual mentor their spiritual guide kind of giving that confirmation in their life say hey this person is not right for you i don't know if you're blind or anything but like you're not like everybody sees it you guys don't click you guys don't go together yeah but he's hot well hell is hot but it's you don't want to go there it's not enough to be hot you know they have to be hot and holy they have to be hot and righteous they have to be hot and committed to god oh but he's rich you know there's a lot of the pimps are rich it doesn't mean that you should dating them and so we, we have to lay these proper foundations in our walk with christ but my big one if i could say the big one is that the big red flag is that if you are already hoping for God to change this person, I'm not saying they have to be perfect, the one that you marry, but if you're already like these things like an addiction or these things like they're they're angry or you, you really see that they have this, that you're not, you don't feel safe, but then they smooth talk, talk you with all of their like nice words or they give you those gifts to try to compensate for 
the amount of damage that they did with their with their words or how they relate to their sister like if it's if it's a man if it's a uh, if it's a guy how he relates with his sisters how he talks to his mom if it's a woman how she talks to her dad how she talks to her brothers and you're noticing those things and you're putting that under the carpet because of love um, you're being duped and deceived and you're already going into something for God to fix and there is no guarantee in the Bible that God will answer that prayer when you willfully disobey Him and you're going mm. with somebody who is not equally yoked. Listen, man, you done said a mouthful, <laughs> bro. That's so good. I'm going to I'm have to put this in a reel or something. I'm going to pretend it's me. I'm going to put it at the bottom. I thought of this myself. Man, that, that was so good. Hell is hot. And that's the problem. People are yeah. so worried about, ah, oh, well, you, and hey, I, I, don't, I don't know your stance on it. And but my my listeners know I don't believe in this once saved always saved because there's too many people that oh he he used to serve and now the dude is out doing everything he he wants to do the girl is out living any kind of lifestyle but they know who Jesus is and it's like but dude they have a relationship with him and man the problem is we're trying to pick up projects we want God mm -hmm. to send a spouse so bad we're willing to help God in the process and we see mm -hmm. that didn't work out with Abraham deciding he's going to bring a Ishmael yeah. into God's plan you know so mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely an amazing um, interview, but I'm going to give you the last word if there's anything you want to share with um, the people here regards to dating relationships, regarding breaking out of lust, whatever it is that, you know, God may have laid on your heart. I'll give you the last word. Um, I would encourage, um, uh, I've, I've shared a story about David's oldest son, Amnon, um, in my book, but also um, in the Bible, you can read that story. This guy was supposed to be the next king. I mean, it was... He, he had everything going for him. Um, and the Bible says that he got sick with love. You know, like, and this is when you know it's not love mm -hmm. if it makes you sick. <laughs> you know, lust makes you sick. And he got sick with love. And then, you see, you have to, we have to understand is that love is person-focused. Lust is pleasure-focused. Mm. Love is obsessed with the person. Lust is obsessed with love. Let me say that again. Love is obsessed with the person. Lust is obsessed with the feeling of love. Love, it gives. Lust grasps. You have to understand is that lust will feel like love to those who don't know Christ. You will never be able to differentiate love and lust if you've never experienced the love of Christ. Yeah. And lust is really, it's the passion outside of God's principle. While love is the passion within God's principles. Mm -hmm. I like to use the example of the of the soil in the pot if you put uh, dirt in the in the flower bed is soil it's enriching it has nutrients you put exactly same dirt on your plate in your on your dinner it no longer is a soil it's a dirt it's dirty it stains your plate so that's exactly what lust is it's taken out of the place where it nourishes something and you it's put into outside of marriage it goes into and becomes something that stains us and so but i just want to encourage anybody who's maybe watching and maybe you have not experienced the love of christ um one of the best ways to overcome lust one of the best ways to spot a lustful relationship versus a relationship based on love is to have a deep real genuine authentic relationship with god who loves you and this love stretched his its hands on the cross he let nails go through his hands and he said this is love love is not what happens on the back seat of honda uh, love is what happened on the cross love mm -hmm. is what happened there when he died and he gave his life 
for us. And when you Amen. begin to experience that, you, you live differently. You will be able to have a discernment in your life concerning, oh, this, this relationship is based more on lust than love. And then God will give you the grace. And so I just pray that you will begin to experience that if you're watching or if you're listening and that you will begin to um, value and treasure that. Because at the end of the day, this is the love that gives us intimacy. Sex could lead to intimacy, but it, sex in itself could be just an act if, if, if it's not based on love. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, so that's, that's my, my last few cents. Well, guys, now you see why I was trying my best to get him on a podcast. <laughs> Amazing interview. Definitely thankful that Vlad took the time to come on. Um, plenty of nuggets that I'm sure that you guys have learned and grasped some things from. I'm going to leave a link to his YouTube channel because he's always posting great um, YouTube content, his Instagram, and you'll be able to check out the books and whatever else he's doing over there at Hungry Generation. But... Truly a blessing to get him on this podcast. And I'm sure that if you listen to the end, you are not disappointed. So comment below some things you've learned, some things that he said that stuck out to you. Um, be sure to comment things that you want addressed in regards to the topic of lust or issues you may be having so we can address that in a future video. Love you guys. See you next week. Peace.